This is the South Bend Beat Podcast, presented by Alpha Dog Agency. This week on South Bend Beat, we have mayor elect James Mueller. James was born and raised in the River Park Sunnymead neighborhood of South Bend. Uh, he later went on to attend St. Joe before triple majoring at Notre Dame and then heading to the University of Delaware for his Ph.D. and working in public policy before he ultimately came back to South Bend. And he was Mayor Pete's chief of staff after Mayor Pete uh, announced he was going to be moving on. Uh, James left his post as chief of staff and decided to throw himself into his own campaign to run for mayor, uh, which he ultimately won uh, just a little over a week ago. So we caught up to him as he's tying things together and staying busy up until his start date of January 1. And we wrapped up with some answer the Internet questions. Enjoy. We're here with James Mueller. James, I want to thank you for taking your time to sit down and talk with us for a little bit. Yeah, of course. Good morning. Good morning. Let's uh, let's jump right into kind of your South Bend story. Give us a little bit of background. Uh, you, you're born and raised South Bend. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Grew up on the east side. Awesome. So you, you're a River Park kid, which is kind of near the area where I live now. Yeah. Uh, so I read that you kind of would grow up riding your bike in River Park area. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we're right on the, the border there uh, between the Sunny Meet and, and River Park. Actually, if yep. you go to... Uh, the website, uh, the National Neighborhood Resource Connection website, there's actually in an overlap area. Uh, so, um, but yeah, just right by Pottawatomie Park, and would uh, remember riding bikes down uh, Mishawaka Avenue. To, there were it was a 7-Eleven at the time there on the corner, and, and there were video games over in the corner that any uh, any young kid would would want to play. And then uh, there was a, a baseball card shop down the down the street uh, called, at the shop called Memory Lane. And then you were at St. Joe. You went to St. Joe High School and then Notre Dame where you triple majored, right? Yeah, yeah. You couldn't have done a little bit more? <laughs> right, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I actually changed uh, majors a few times and ended up with, with those three. But uh, and, and what are the three? It's uh, math, history, and philosophy. So, wow. Real, yeah, just uh, – So, I mean, what was, a, what was like a typical day for you? Like, well, I mean, that's a, that's a lot to take on. Yeah, I mean, I, believe it or not, I wasn't uh, the most studious of students. I, I really? was uh, good at uh, – Good at math, and, and it came naturally to me, so I was just able to uh, – that, that's one reason why I ended up with math is because it, it uh, I was able to focus on, on the other two majors and, and not have to put as much work into into that degree. So. And for undergrad, did you consider anywhere else, or was it pretty much always going to be Notre Dame? I considered IU and uh, some others, but uh, ultimately uh, my dad worked at Notre Dame, and, and we got tuition benefits, so um, it's hard to pass up uh, that opportunity. Awesome. Uh, so to fast forward a little bit, uh, you did leave your job with the city to focus full time uh, on running for mayor. Can you take us down the thought process of what led you to that decision? And let's start with kind of those early days when you did first jump in. Yeah, the early days, uh, it hadn't really crossed my mind until uh, approaching December of last year. And uh, we were looking around to see uh, once Mayor Pete had made his decision that he wasn't going to run for a third term, uh, started looking around and see how can we make sure that, that this, the team in the city that's been built uh, could keep going and make sure we could keep the, the progress going that, that we had started 
over the past few years. And uh, it, uh, I think it's well known that it wasn't my first inclination to, uh, or something on my bucket list to uh, run for elected office, but ultimately looking around decided to, to jump in in the December timeframe. And then uh, I had never been on a campaign before or really been too involved. I'd been on the official side uh, of a campaign when I worked for Senator Cantwell uh, of Washington State. She was up for re-election, so saw it from the official side and then was here in 2015, uh, joined after the primary but before the general election. So um, certainly was a learning curve to, uh, there's a lot more that goes into campaigning than uh, I think everyone uh, might appreciate. And that's what I wanted to ask about. So you did have a little bit of previous experience with other campaigns, um, but as far as you're in the thick of things, you're running, were there a couple things that stood out that maybe you weren't expecting? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the, the first thing that I realized, uh, I, had a, I had a healthy sense of boundaries. Uh, going in, you know, people's personal space, people not interrupting, not not engaging. And one thing with politics is uh, you learn you've got to almost ignore boundaries or go past your comfort zone in terms of uh, where you think boundaries are. And and then once you do, you, you, you're you actually, uh, you're surprised in some ways that people do want to talk to you. Uh, you would think, don't they just want to have their dinner or don't they just want to do their thing? But uh, most times people are, are excited that you're uh, coming and saying hi. And I wanted to talk about your slogan as well, keep South Bend moving forward. Um, it's safe to assume that's just going off of what Mayor Pete has built and you want to keep that going. Um, was that a slogan that came on early on or did you have some other options? Yeah, well, I mean, our, our official slogan is uh, build, on the prog mm -hmm. build on the progress, which is, I mean, related to keeping South right. Bend moving forward. But yeah, it was important. Uh, one of the reasons why I jumped into the race was uh, making sure that we had some continuity. Um, there are a lot of good things going on. Certainly there are things that there are challenges that we have to overcome and, and take new approaches for, but there are a lot of things going well for us. And how do we make sure we don't lose that momentum, uh, especially at this time? We've turned the corner, but if this is all, if this is the only growth we experience, you know, that'll, that certainly will be a disappointment uh, decades from now if we look back and we don't uh, see acceleration of this growth. So lo any, losing any momentum now, it just was so critical at this point in our history to make sure that uh, we, we had that uh, continued progress. Now, you're in a position now to where you're in January, you'll officially take over. Uh, you're in kind of a unique spot with South Bend being in the national spotlight uh, with Mayor Pete's campaign. Um, and that could be something that could last, you know, four, five, eight, nine years. Um, but at least in the short term, South Bend's going to be in the national spotlight. Does that change your job at all? Well, in some ways, it makes it it makes it easier in some ways, it makes it harder in others. Uh, earlier uh, this year, all the publicity, we couldn't have paid for a better PR uh, for our city in terms of national attention and different groups uh, nationally looking at South Bend, even companies or, or uh, others that are looking at South Bend with renewed interest. So we could, I mean, you can pay, but that would have been an extraordinary cost to get the PR that we were getting. Uh, over the summer, we certainly had some, uh, you know, once Pete's candidacy started to take off, um, the backlash started to happen, and then you know people, people locally and and from outside are coming in and uh, stirring trouble. Just to, you know, with politics uh, is uh, sometimes a blood sport, and yep. fair or not, uh, there are people taking their shots uh, at Pete and and his record here in South Bend. So um, that that's certainly some of those headlines aren't the ones we wanted to be putting forth on a national stage. But now I think we're back, um, especially 
now that you know he's got a month and a half left and uh, he's focused, you know, the, the, the focus has shifted a little bit. So I, any national attention we have now, I think, is, is back to being good for South right. Bend and, and great to, you know, hopefully get some more investors coming in and, and uh, building up our city. Fantastic. So we posted on social media, uh, seeing if people had some questions, and we're going to run off a few of those real quick. Uh, first one that came up a few times was the status of the study on the South Shore Station. And if you have, if you personally have any thoughts on a downtown relocation, and if that would work or not? Yeah, I mean, I believe the study should. I know it was due around this time, yep. and I, I last I heard, I, I'm the, I don't know exactly when it's coming out, but I think it should be out by the end of the year. Okay. Um, so before Pete leaves uh, office, and we'll we'll look to see what those results show in terms of uh, comparisons between the airport option and, and downtown. Um, I agree with Mayor Pete that downtown is an intriguing option, but right now we don't have a, a funding stack or a group of partners to get either the airport or the, the downtown location done. So we'll be looking to get input from uh, potential funding partners on what they think. But certainly downtown is, a, is an attractive option, and trains are meant to go from downtown to downtown. That's how South Shore was uh, many years ago before it was moved out uh, first uh, to the, at the Olive uh, station and then to the airport, the current airport location. So um, should be our long-term goal. Uh, not quite sure how we're going to get there, and we, we need to be clear this is not a short-term. Even right. if we decided we found the funding and decided tomorrow downtown is the option, it's probably still a, almost a 10-year uh, process right. given all the, the, the groundwork that has to be laid. At this point, are there any big infrastructure-type projects planned, um, thinking like something like smart streets or anything like that? Well, I mean, the, uh, the streetscape and uh, the building up of our corridors is something that we've, not just Smart Streets, so the Smart Streets is the big project that uh, went through downtown and all the way down to Chippewa, but we've done some um, similar projects uh, on our west side main streets on Western and Lincoln Way, and there's, there's uh, some talk and interest for some time about the connection from downtown uh, into the northeast. So those are, those are something that may... Uh, uh, you know, may, may be ripe for action in, in the next few years, but there's still a lot of work to be done on the west side uh, corridors uh, projects too. So um, a, lot of, a, lot of, uh, a lot of things that wouldn't necessarily be new, but just uh, continued investment and, and progress on, on those fronts. Love it. Uh, these last couple questions um, before we get to some of the lightning round type stuff. Uh, I know listening to you over the past few months you've answered a few times but maybe for our listeners they haven't heard yet um let's start with trust between the community and the police um any initiatives there or anything that you're going to want to dive into yeah we uh we have a lot of work or more work than we i may have thought uh, before this year okay. in terms of the the bridge we we need to uh to make between the community and the police it's uh one part is making sure that our, uh, our city workforce, not just our police department, but the whole administration understands the community that it serves and, and knows what, what the, their expectations for us are. And that's, as mayor, that, that would be my job to make sure that those expectations are clear and, and figure out a path to, to deliver on those expectations. From the community side, making sure that they understand uh, some of the, the operational complications. Uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, you hear, you hear the comments from the community and, and you say, yeah, I agree with that comment, but 
if only they knew all of these things that go into getting any of this done or all the limitations that may be imposed uh, on us by the state, for example. Um, and, uh, you know, but in spirit, you're always like, yeah, that makes, that's great. That, mm -hmm. You know, you're like, I understand why that uh, is coming from the community, but there does need to be some appreciation for the complexity and, and different uh, limitations that, that go into things. And then the, the last one here is goals for reducing violence in the community. Yeah, we have, uh, we've adopted the national best practices uh, called the Group Violence Intervention Program. And if you had asked us a year ago, the numbers were down uh, and, and they had been on a uh, declining path for a couple of years. Um, there is some noise in the data, but the, uh, then this year it uh, went back up closer to levels two years ago. This is uh, certainly not the time to abandon that approach, but we definitely have to double our efforts in terms of um, one area is uh, street outreach, making sure that we're reaching those uh, individuals that are responsible for a large bulk of the, of the shootings. And we were uh, pleased to see that the city council and city administration put those resources into uh, the 2020 budget. So I'm, I'm inheriting a budget uh, that already has some, uh, some resources to make progress on that front. Awesome. And I have some more just grand scale campaign type questions. We're a little over a week um, removed from Election Day. Has your stress level gone down? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good question. I, I've been getting a little more sleep, catching up a little bit on sleep yeah. uh, the past week. But uh, now it's the exciting challenge of uh, how do we make sure we're hitting the ground running on day one. We've got a full team ready to go and uh, get moving on the priorities because we know once uh, once I take office, there'll be all sorts of things that come our way, whether it's a snowstorm or um, anything else that happens uh, within the city. There's a lot of things going on where in the campaign, there were a couple things that aren't necessarily fully within the city's jurisdiction, particularly how to work with our schools, because the schools and, and the city are, are separate entities with no formal authority over each other. But um, it's clear both from the hearing from the community and also from uh, witnessing uh, how we need to make progress together for our neighborhoods and, and our schools is we've got to get that partnership right. So those are things that uh, we're trying to take some time to map out ways to make progress on that while I'm not formally responsible for uh, snow plowing and, and other the day-to-day -day things that you, know, you don't always think about but uh, do have uh, needs and, and time requirements. So when you're not focused on your job, what are, what are a few of your hobbies that you like to do? I mean, especially, you know, these past few months and going into up until January 1, you need to blow off steam every once in a while. What are a few things you like to, you like to do? Well, I wish I, I used to, to love to work out, but I, I haven't uh, worked out as much as, uh, you know, I had hoped uh, these days. But are you just like a would, treadmill guy or you like to do some kind uh, of activity? Weights and yeah. – and, uh, yeah, mostly weights. I, the cardio is not as as uh, preach. I'm yeah, with you. <laughs> not not as uh, fun for me. <laughs> but uh, you know, I always do the you know the, when I do work out, it's the the recommended uh, level to mm -hmm. make sure we stay in good health. But uh, so yeah, working out would certainly be something I'd like to get uh, spend more time on. And and uh, but uh, other than that, just you know, unwind with family friends, go out and uh, you know watch TV, Netflix, and things like that. So no. No, I don't have an extreme uh, sport hobby or, or something like that. I, I wish I did, but uh, <laughs> I haven't uh, haven't ever been able to figure out a time that some of these hobbies are very time intensive yeah. and uh, resource intensive. So yeah. never was able to pick up on, on one of those. Awesome. Well, the second half of this, uh, we're going to do some answer the internet questions. 
Uh, you're actually the first guest where we have the cards now. They've turned into a card game. So I'm just going to pick a card. Okay. And uh, uh, start with one a little more fun than that. Let's do uh, waffles or pancakes. Waffles or pancakes. Oh, wow. I eat pancakes more often, but, man, I enjoy a good waffle, too. That's. I think I'll choose pancakes. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Would you rather be the world's tallest man or the world's shortest man? <laughs> I don't even know what the kind of numbers would those be. Are we I talking think, like eight I, feet? Versus, I think we're uh, saying like set. Let's say like seven, eight, versus three, five. Mm. Man, that's uh, neither one's ideal. I would probably, no. yeah, no, it's not good. It's not our uh, buildings and things aren't designed for either of those uh, heights. <laughs> I'd probably want to be taller because I would have, uh, you know, I enjoyed playing basketball growing up, and if I had been taller, I would have been a huge asset. Uh, I mean, even if you game. were 7'8 now, I think you'd probably have a pretty good shot at right. getting some run. Right. Would you <laughs> rather have uh, wet socks for an entire year or a cold for an entire year? Um, wow. <laughs> probably wet socks. Maybe go numb at some point and you just forget about it. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Boneless wings or regular wings? Well, I mean, boneless. I like the, the regular wings taste better, but boneless, it's hard to beat the – the convenience of the boneless wings. Do you have a wings. favorite wing spot around here? Favorite wing spot? Um, not, not really. I mean, the, there's the new place that opened up, uh, Eddie Street Commons. That it's not bad. Oh but, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, yeah. just some of the some of the local bars have good wings as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you could put any franchise restaurant in your house, in my house, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have one off the top of your head that yeah. you choose? Mine would probably be Chipotle, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, Chipotle is certainly up there. I don't know if you ever had the uh, the Nando's, the Perry, no. uh, the chicken. It's, it's uh, I forget, I think it's Peruvian chicken. Or I don't know, good. but anyway, it's it's a, it's a fast casual, so similar to Chipotle. It's, you know, not a formal sit-down yeah. restaurant, but uh, great, great food, and certainly would love to see that. What's the longest car ride you've ever taken? Uh, continuous or um or let's do both yes in the car at one time and then if you know if you had to stop for a hotel yeah i think a full tank of gas probably was able to make like eight hours uh, continuous um were you driving or a passenger drive that was yeah. drive. Yeah, yeah that was when i was younger driving yeah. uh to and from graduate school uh but uh then in terms of trips i believe it's either going to denver or the east coast but i i don't know which one's okay. longer probably denver uh how do you order your steak uh medium rare yeah yeah, yeah. that's a good answer <laughs> uh would you <laughs> rather always have the hiccups or a headache Oof. i probably headache okay hiccups are yeah, especially Very intrusive. You have to do a lot of public speaking too <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so it wouldn't be great yeah if you always had the hiccups um so this is one that Tina and I were discussing before you got here. Um, if someone said they're going to lock you in a room and they'll give you a million dollars if you can count to one million, you have to count out loud, do you think you'd be able to do it or would you just have to tap out and get out of there? I don't know how long would that take. That's, so I did some math, but I'm not real confident with it. I yeah, I, I, I think that's uh, <laughs> unlikely to be able to make that. It's, it seems easy, but once you get into it, you get to 200,000 and you're – realize you still are yeah. only 20% of the way yeah. there. So. <laughs> um, so here's one we've been asking all, all the previous guests. We've got some good uh, conversation. Would you rather 
have to turn off every sports game you watch at the two-minute mark or miss the last 10 minutes of every movie and TV show you watch? Hmm. Well, most movies and TV shows, I mean, there are some that have the twists in the last 10 minutes, but usually they're wrapping up. So I, I'd go, I'd rather have the, it's like the two minutes of the game. There are more interesting yeah. things that happen in the two minutes of the game. Uh, are you, do you play basketball? I do. And not, uh, not as well are as you a pretty I good shooter. To. I was not, I, <laughs> not, not, uh, not these days, not as good. So if someone gave you, um, one free throw and they said, if you hit it million dollars, if you miss it, you can never text again. Are you shooting? If I get if I were back in the yeah I would shoot yeah I was a good free Love throw that shooter confidence. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah like 80, 90 percent yeah and who, who, that's that would be a relief too I'd never text again that's yeah great. and you yeah. have an excuse. sorry I can't text yeah again. you have yeah. an excuse why didn't you return yeah. my text yeah. can't do it missed the free throw right <laughs> uh, I choked <laughs> uh, let's do a couple more um, I guess at this point um, because now you're kind of in that spot until January when you officially take over. What's a typical day look like for you right now? It's a lot of meetings with the community members and, and others just to try to figure out. It, I mean, this is the same part of uh, building a campaign and same part of governing is it's conversations and bringing people together toward a common purpose. So trying to outline uh, ways forward, both uh, building the team uh, for January 1 and also um, making sure that on those initiatives we talked about in the campaign that we're ready to get moving on day one. And then we usually wrap up with this question. Um, what advice would you have for a younger person? They want to get involved in their community. I mean, maybe not be mayor one day, uh, but they just want to make a difference in their community. They want to be a leader. Uh, what kind of advice would you have for them? Well, don't be shy. I mean, come, I mean, make sure you're engaged, show up to the different things and engage people and ask them. I mean, most people, they, I mean, when a, when a young person who wants to make a difference comes, I mean, that's a great feeling for, Pretty much anyone. I don't know who is like, oh, here's a young person who wants to make a difference, and uh, you know, who's this? That's you want, and but you do have to have. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I remember being young, and you think, oh, it's so easy. You just do this, this, and this. You you do need to have uh, some humility, knowing that it is a lot harder to get even the simplest things done uh, than it may seem at that age. But uh, certainly, and that's how you learn, right? You you get involved, and and you figure out, oh man, this is why this is why it's so hard to get things done. And so definitely get engaged and don't hesitate to reach out. Fantastic. I want to thank you again for your time. Uh, had a lot of fun and yeah. uh, good luck. Thank you. Yeah.